Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and I'm the creator of the show Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake because none of us have time to exercise and work out. And me, I'm probably shaking a little bit more than I wish I were. This is going to be a community-hosted podcast, not by me, but by a collection of women all over the country who are going to share their stories, struggles, and solutions, some with their own guests on their episodes, some without. Each one will be a wonderful sampler of a story that you can relate to or that might help you. And I hope that you all enjoy it. Moms don't have time to move and shake. Get moving. Hi there, and welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. My name is Kristen Eshelman, and I'm a mom to three kids, two of whom are in college now, and I'm trying to figure out what it looks like to live in a house that's now much quieter than it used to be. I'm here with you today not because I'm an expert in fitness or nutrition or anything else, but because I'm not any of those things. I'm just average. I don't know the secrets to making myself make healthy eating choices, but I do know how to struggle with the issue. I don't know the secrets to consistently starting the day with a healthy exercise routine, but I certainly know how to start and stop various routines and struggle with that. I don't know how to feel beautiful regardless of size, but I know what it feels like to feel worthless because the number on the scale makes me feel like a failure. I'm coming to you today as an expert struggler, as someone who understands how difficult it is to strive to make healthy decisions, sometimes succeed and sometimes fail and to find my self-worth in something other than the reflection I see in the mirror. I don't know about you, but my mirror lies to me. It sometimes tells me that I'm just fine, and other times tries to convince me that I have no value at all. My mirror, who has absolutely no right to speak to me on these issues at all, tells me that I'm not smart, not likable, and not valuable. It's a big old liar, but I believe it more often than I should. I read an article for Moms Don't Have Time To that is about my lifetime of cycles of losing and gaining weight by various means. Most of them were very unhealthy. And I read another one about being what I call a fake runner. I'd love for you to check those out if you want to hear more about my struggles in this area. So as an expert in the struggle, I've always hoped that my daughter would be able to be immune to the cycles herself. In her baby book, 20 years ago, I wrote this. I hope that you will develop and follow your passions throughout your life without being deterred by questions of self-worth, body image struggles, or baggage I might unintentionally hand down to you. I hope you can love God, have fun, and be free. I've intentionally avoided talking about my weight or calling myself fat in her presence all of these years. And like many of us, I've tried to affirm her intelligence, her kindness, and her creativity more than I affirmed her appearance. I hope she would feel free to discover her true self without being torn down by the lies her mirror tells her. So I became curious. Do younger generations struggle the same way I do, despite a new generation of moms who, like me, try their best not to pass on their own insecurities? How does social media influence the way younger women think? What about this new chorus of voices coming to them through social media influencers? So I decided to ask. I hope you'll enjoy the conversations I had with two lovely young women, one in her 20s and one in her 30s. My first guest today is my friend, Samantha Hale. Sam is in her early 30s and has three young children, ages four, two, and two months. She and I became friends when she was in her early 20s, and she was my daughter's fifth grade teacher. Because she's currently navigating pregnancy, parenthood, and womanhood in a digital generation, I thought it'd be great to get Sam's perspective today about self-image, beauty, and moving and shaking. Sam, welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. Hi, thanks for having me. 
I'm so glad you're here with us today. So, Sam, you're a member of what generation? Are you a millennial? Yes, I'm right in the middle of the millennial generation. 32 years old, and like you said, I have three kids at home and uh, just had our third baby two months ago. So sweet. You're right in the throes of the busy time in life, for sure. Your generation seems so different from mine. I'm a member of Generation X, and we're the generation that grew up trying to be skinny by eating Snackwell's cookies and brownies and fat-free chips and dips and drinking Diet Coke. We wanted to stay skinny while eating junk food, or at least that's the way I did it (laughs) and maybe still do. And so many of us have been on pretty much every diet known to man. Your generation seems really different, though. Do you think your generation has been affected by diet culture? Yeah, I don't. I do remember growing up and hearing about Weight Watchers and even that being a thing when I was in college. But now I would say that most people that are I surround myself with and friends or people I follow on Instagram are more about this general effort to be healthy and to avoid the center of the grocery store, shop on the perimeter, only shop at places like Whole Foods or have a subscription to an online shopping or food that will send stuff to your house or uh, have local farmers deliver produce. So just this overall idea of only eating good foods and whatever, uh, yeah, I would say quote unquote to that, whatever that would look like and allowing only allowing your kids to eat those foods, just staying away from processed or, but also being a foodie and you can go out to eat with your friends. So I think yeah, this overall idea of let's be healthy and enjoy good food. Yeah, it sounds great. And I so respect that philosophy, but it also sounds like a lot of pressure. Do you feel that pressure to always choose the perfect things to eat and only eat those things? At times I am, whenever I, you know, I have my kids eat goldfish. And so whenever I bring them out in a play date, there is this, sometimes this thought in the back of my mind of like, oh, it might be seen as the mom who lets my kids eat bad food. But then I am reminded that a lot of people, their kids eat goldfish and that's okay. Or there could be people listening that are thinking, oh my gosh, that girl lets her kids eat goldfish. I'm so concerned for their health. Uh, So I think that's where the the pressure is that you have this idea of like, what is good or what is bad? I don't, and I'm not a nutritionist. So you do look to, okay, what is this social media influencer? What do they give their kids or Oh, my, you know, my good friend, I think of her as a healthy person. What does she feed her kids? So there is this thought that comes to mind as I'm going to the grocery store, like, am I giving my kids or am I, or am I eating my husband eating the foods that are going to fuel our body well, or are we eating foods that are going to give us cancer or going to lead to heart disease? Yeah. So there, this, I think because we know more, there is more pressure to do better, but then there's also this ambiguous of what would better be realistically. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that because you guys have a lot of voices in your head. You know, we had magazines and newspapers and news shows as really our source of information, but you guys have social media influencers. And so that's a lot of voices speaking, you know, what they would call truth to you all the time. What does that look like for women your age? I think it can be really confusing. I mean, in some ways it's nice because I am in the throes of newborn life. And it is nice to just be like, oh, I love how this girl dresses. What is she going to be wearing this fall? And go and look at her outfits and click some links and have some new things coming my way. That's sometimes a nice thing. But there's also when you're following 
10 or 15 people that you're seeing their constant input. I mean, there's probably people that follow more than that, but I can think of like four favorite influencers I follow and all of them have different skincare routines or all of them do different things to work out. All of them, uh, and, and you know all about all the things they do. So whereas you maybe looked at a celebrity and thought, oh, I love her haircut. And you brought that picture with you into the hairdresser and said, hey, help me look like her. We know all of the background of the people that were trying to look like we know what they're eating for breakfast. You know about their carpool routine and what they wear for car- to pick up their kids in carpool. You just know almost too much about strangers, but at the same time, you're getting all this input about what you sh- should be living like and what their life looks like and their life seems so perfect. So if I click on the links that they have on their story, then all of a sudden I'm going to have access to what they do. And so then I'll look that way or I can dress that way. And I think that it can lead to spending a lot of money, but also just this feeling of, oh, I can't achieve that because I can't keep, there's no way I can keep up with all the things that they have yeah. access to. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of pressure too, because I bet that shampoo is also cruelty-free and it you know, has no harmful ingredients and it's probably in a container that is not made of plastic or BPA or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a lot to live up to all the time in every area of your life. That feels Very a little true. stressful to me. Yes. And it, it really is just, no, you just know to, there's just, it, we're in the information age, right? So we just know so much about all of these different things and it can feel really overwhelming. Yeah, Definitely. Tell me a little bit about skincare, because that's not something that we were really thinking about when I was a teenager. I mean, we we are the ones who would lay out in the sun with baby oil on and reflectors to get the best tan, you know. So obviously, we were not trying to prevent wrinkles in our teens and 20s like people are now. Tell me a little bit about the standard for skincare and, and how what you feel like you have to achieve in that area. Yeah. And like I said earlier, when you follow all these different people and you know all about every facet of their life, you also know what their skincare routine is and what dermatologist they go to and what their uh, local skincare facial place they go to once or twice a month, what they recommend. And so there's all these lotions, all these serums, uh, certain makeups that you should be using. And it can feel a little overwhelming. Even a few years ago, i finally just felt like I needed to go to the dermatologist and just ask him, what do I need to be using on my face to protect it from the sun, but also to keep me looking younger and prevent wrinkles. Cause I have friends that have, are going to Botox parties now and using like one of the girls I've followed on Instagram, she has this like laser, not laser show, but she has this like thing she puts on her face that has lights that hit her at night. And I'm like, what is this? What are all these I mean, the links that she's going to, to keep her skin healthy, you almost feel like if I'm not doing that, am I going to have 10 times more wrinkles than other people? But you also feel confused because you're, there's just endless, you could buy all the lotions and serums, but which ones in what order? So I think that's where you, I just wanted someone to tell me like, what exactly do I need to be using? And it can feel like there, you could never spend enough money to be able to keep up with all the things people are putting on their face to keep it young yeah. and prevent the lines and wrinkles and freckles and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, only time will tell if that stuff works or not. Right. It'll be interesting. Yeah, exactly. 
So I know with little kids, it's hard for you to make time to exercise. How do you like to move and shake? Yeah, I think I really had to consider what is going to prevent or what things prevent me from getting to work out. And then how do I remove those obstacles? So for me, what's worked is that there's a gym nearby that has a childcare and it has times that work for our family. So that is what is fitting this season of my life. While I would love to get up at 5.30 and go work out on my own, <laughs> that just isn't likely. And so I found this place and that works. And I, even though it is just feel like this huge effort to get there, I always leave feeling thankful that I went. And I think that's important too. So I think whatever you can do in this stage of life to move. So if that looks like, oh, I have a friend that down the street and she can walk Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we can walk together for an hour. If that works, that's what you should do. Um, and if you enjoy it, I think that's a huge thing. So if you don't enjoy it, you're going to dread it and you're going to find excuses and their excuses are easy to find. So yeah. I think trying to remove the obstacles. So if childcare is an obstacle, don't go to a place that doesn't have childcare. And then you're having to find a babysitter to go work out every day because you're just not, that won't happen. Or if that, if that works well for you and you can drop your kids off at your mom's house, I don't know, whatever the thing, the way of working out that works best for you, I think is what you have to go with. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a little girl. So what would you like to teach her about beauty and body image? I would love for Charlie to see herself as someone who just is, I want her to be confident. That's my goal. The word that comes to mind really quickly is that to be confident in who she is and who she's going to be and how God has made her body or not shying away or feeling like she has to look like someone else. You know, I want her to realize that she has, she's has a certain body type, that that's what she's been given and embracing that um, and not looking to other people and like seeing them as a standard, which is something I'm, I fight that, that temptation to do as well. And then just have a really healthy view with relationship with food. I know that that, especially when she hits her teen years, that's a huge thing of, I don't want her to see food as something to hate or like to deprive herself of to get a certain body image, but instead to realize that food is a fuel. Then if we put good things in our body, then we can, um, she can live a more full life. She can run faster, do live her life without feeling sluggish. I think that's just the thing I tell them as we drive to the workout place is guys, why does mom go work out? And they both say, to be healthy and strong. And I want her to see exercise and nutrition in that way that we think about it and we pursue that because we want to be healthy and strong to live our lives in a way that we don't feel like we have no energy or that we resent our body, but, and not, I don't want her to focus on like a size, but just more in general of being healthy and feeling like she can do the things she wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sam, we remember what it's like to be in your stage of life. Those of us who have already been there, we remember how hard it is to have little kids and that everything, even a trip to the grocery store, is just a huge effort. And sometimes it doesn't even work out after you've really tried your very best. So how can women my age support women your age? I think the biggest thing that we're all longing for when I talk to friends who are in my generation is that we want someone to... tell us how to do things. Like I had a realization of like, how do I make, what are the good 30 minute meals? Like I, you don't go to training in college for how to cook a dinner for your family generally, but having moms who are older come alongside and say like, Hey, this is a great meal to make. It was always fast. My kids loved it. And it's healthy. Like that is 
just really encouraging to hear and get just get tips that I can practically use in my life. So then just coming alongside of us and being mentors and being friends that I, I remember when I had my first not realizing like what a gift it was to have someone buckle my kid in the car seat. And that seems so trivial and like, it's not a big, it isn't a big deal in my daily life, but having someone just do that quickly, whenever I left her house, I was like, wow, what if that was such a, a little gift in my day that I didn't have to do that. And I, and again, it's not a big deal. Um, I do it all, every day, all the time, but just like a, I say that to say just little things of coming alongside and saying like, Hey, I can just step in and do that for you really quick. And that minute reprieve is sometimes nice. And, but really, I think what it boils down to is we just want someone to look up to and to say like, Hey, I've been there. And while it was hard, here are some helpful things that I remember doing that made it a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can definitely do that. I I feel like if we women could really learn how to support each other, that that would really be powerful. You know, if we could really look to encourage each other instead of compete or resent each other or dismiss each other, we really could build each other up and and make each other stronger. So I would love to do that. And Sam, I'm so thankful for you and your friendship. Thank you for being with us today. I value what you have to say. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. And it's been good to talk about. You don't think often about all the different things that we're putting into our brains and all, like you said, all the voices that we're hearing, but it is so nice. I think just when it boils down to is what we want to be, all women want to be is that we want to be healthy and strong for our families and for our friends so that we can be the best people that we can be. Yeah. You're doing a great job with it. Thanks so much. My next guest is my daughter, Kelsey. Kelsey is 20 years old and she's getting ready to start her second year in college. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad that you could be here and share your perspective on the subject of health and beauty and self-esteem and moving and shaking (laughs) for people of your generation. Yeah. And you are, as a 20-year-old, you're Mm -hmm. a member of, what, Generation Z? Yeah. Okay. All right, great. Well, I am excited to have you talking to us today. Mm -hmm. I wrote a paper recently about the cycles that I've gone through in my life of gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight and losing weight and how that affected my self-esteem, my self-image every time I gained and lost weight. And what I really hoped when you were born is that that would cease to be something that women concern themselves with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I really hoped that you would be able to be free of the kind of diet culture that I felt like I grew up in and that was really difficult for me. Mm -hmm. What has your experience been with diet culture? I think that diet culture still exists. I've seen it like eat this and you will lose 10 pounds, do this and you'll lose 10 pounds in a week, whatever. But I think for my generation, diet culture has become more of a, they say it's more health-centered, where it's more like counting calories, counting macros, all of those kinds of things, where I feel like they've really shifted it from what we know as diet culture because my generation knows what it is. You know what I mean? Uh And now they've made it this like, well, this only has so many calories and you can download all these apps that tell you how many calories you can have in a day if you want to lose this much weight and things like that more than your like fad diet, things like that. Or there's like 
things now like keto and different things like that, where people don't really say it's like a diet. They would say, oh, I'm like eating keto now. I'm not on a keto, like I'm not doing the keto diet, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'd say stuff like that. Do you think there are certain health and beauty standards that you feel like you have to meet in order to be successful as a woman? I think there are. I think that in my generation, a lot of the health and beauty standards are health being well-rounded, I think. But also when you think of healthy, you think skinny. So you're always trying to do more to look skinnier or be healthier or eat better, things like that. And then more on the beauty side, I think skincare has become a big thing in my generation. So if you don't have like two face washes and 50 serums and an eye roller, then you're doing it wrong. (laughs) And if you aren't getting that perfect natural makeup look with all of those products, then you're doing it wrong. So I think there's definitely like beauty standards that we're all striving for. Yeah. It actually sounds a little worse than maybe what I grew up with because <laughs> because we tried to be skinny too and that was uh-huh. important to us, but I certainly didn't have an eye roller or any of those other things yeah. that you just mentioned. There's definitely a lot of steps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How much of a role does social media play in that? I think it plays a big role in it, especially kind of like influencers in my generation because they're the ones who said, I use my eye roller in the morning when I wake up so my eyes aren't puffy. And then every girl who's ever thought their eyes are puffy now has a face roller and they're using it. And if their friends like, oh, my eyes are puffy, they're like, get your face roller. Like, that's what you need. And so I think that it becomes this big trickle down effect from that one Instagram post that they saw or TikTok or whatever. So I think it plays a big role. Then that becomes the standard, right? Then then everything else has to build onto that baseline. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we had magazines, you know, and we looked mm-hmm. at magazines and that's kind of how we determined what the standard of beauty was, was what the the cover girl looked like and what she was wearing and what her makeup and hair looked like and all of that. But we knew that there was some deception in that too, because mm-hmm. eventually at least we knew that cover models were airbrushed and uh, the light played an important role in how somebody looked and that it could be very deceiving. Mm -hmm. How about for your generation? So much of what you see is on social media. Do you guys, is there an understanding that social media also deceives? I think that as I've gotten older, I've realized that social media does deceive. But when I was younger and when social media was first becoming as big as it is now, I think I didn't realize that it was, especially because it takes that same concept of making sure you looked perfect and putting it in such a casual environment. Like you're like, well, everyone just posts like what they're up to on Instagram, but then you get like the ads or the influencers who are putting so much time into taking these pictures and making them perfect. Yeah. So I think it almost becomes the norm. Like you think that everyone just looks like what they look like on Instagram. Right. And what about even just your normal friends? Are are yeah. they doing things that are deceptive? I wouldn't say deceptive, but there's a lot of, you see it all over Instagram, like the filters and there's like Facetune where you can like edit out a pimple or you can make yourself look skinnier and things like that. So it definitely does happen also on like my friends and people I follow, 
but I think it's more like with your followers or the people you're following, I'd say it's more just like people aren't going to post a picture they don't look good in. Right. You know, people are going to post a picture that they think they look the best in. So I'd say it's more of that than like deception with like the normal people I follow. I'd say it's more just like, oh, you, you're putting your best foot forward. You're not. Sure. And of course we do that too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Even when we were on vacation this this week, I, Dad took some pictures of me paddleboarding, and out of the the twenty five that he took, there's one where I think, okay, I look all right in this picture. So yeah. if I'm going to post anything onto social media, it's going to be that picture, right? Not yeah, the other exactly. twenty four that yeah. I don't feel great about. Yeah, I do the same thing. I feel yeah. like everyone does. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. What do younger girls need to know about social media? I think younger girls need to know that. What I kind of was just saying that everyone puts their best foot forward. So that's not the norm. You know what I mean? Like that is someone looking great. And while I think social media is great, it's a great way to stay connected with your friends, comment on your friends, post like them, post, show what you're doing. I think that everyone, when you post on social media, you are looking for a little bit of validation. So I would just, just like taking that with a grain of salt and being like, well, everyone here is looking for something. And like, even I do that when I post on Instagram, like you want the comments, you want the likes, you want people to like the picture you're posting, say, oh, you look so pretty. Like, and I think for younger girls to know that the pictures are posed, they're filtered. It's not really the day to day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because we want people to, to like our posts, right? And we want people yeah. to think that we look pretty, but also we don't want to feel like we need that, right? We don't want yes. to become addicted to those likes and those comments. So yeah, it's really tricky. It is tricky, I think. Yeah. Does your generation stress a lot about appearance? I think so. I think I've almost noticed now too, girls younger than me are starting to look a lot more put together. Yeah. I know that sounds weird, but like, when I was in middle school, you know, we wore our, like brightly colored pants and whatever shirt we wanted and it didn't have to match. And now I feel like girls who are 13, 14, 15 are wearing like what I would wear now. And while they look great and so pretty, I just think that like there has been a huge impact on social media with that. Now everyone knows the trends. Like when I was little, I just wore whatever I wanted. <laughs> but now girls are wearing what they see on TikTok, on Instagram, things like that. And there's no longer that like carefree kind of wear whatever you want, do your hair however you want kind of time. Yeah. 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 When I was in middle school, I had vampire teeth (laughs) and, you know, (laughs) terrible, terrible hair and skin. Uh And, you know, we're, most of the people my age would be embarrassed for you to see our seventh or eighth grade Mm -hmm. picture. But, you know, your, your 15 year old brother, his friend's they look great. They look like yeah. they're 21, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you look older than me, and I don't think it's fair. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How can my generation support your generation of women? I think that one way they could support my generation is, I mean, I think women as a whole really need to support each other, not only online, but in person. I think that just telling someone they look pretty has a lot more weight than commenting it on their Instagram post. Mm -hmm. And I think people aren't accustomed to getting complimented in person anymore. They're just used to coming across on their Instagram feed. 
Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if we could just yeah. build each other up like that? <laughs> that would be so life-giving for so many yeah. people, wouldn't it? I think so. What would you like to teach your daughter someday about beauty, body image, and mm-hmm. self-esteem? I really would want to teach her that. I know it would be hard to like keep out all the other opinions, but that really what matters is her. And if she feels pretty in a dress, then she is pretty in the dress. If she feels pretty or she feels good that's all that matters it doesn't matter if other people say she's pretty or not it just matters if she thinks she's pretty and has that confidence Mm -hmm. I think I tell her wear what you feel good in if it feels good to you to go work out go work out if it feels good to you to like eat three pieces of cake eat three pieces of cake do whatever you your body is telling you huh yeah feels good feels right I don't know if that makes sense but like yeah in pertaining to like beauty and health, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I wrote in your baby book when you were born that I hope that you would just feel a freedom, a freedom mm-hmm. to just live life and love life and, and feel good about who you are mm-hmm. without feeling weighted down by all of the struggles yeah. of body image and, you know, self-esteem and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that just comes from appearance yeah. that can be so damaging to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's something that you know about yourself at age 20 that you didn't know about yourself at age 15? I think something I know now at 20 is that who I am is really cool, is awesome. (laughs) And I did not know that when I was 15. You know, you you follow the crowd when you're 15. You don't know who you are. You don't really, you're just figuring it all out. So I feel like now at 20, I've kind of got it figured out. And I'll never say I have everything figured out. But yeah, yeah. That I, I really that. like who I am now. And yeah. yeah. Good. I really like who you are too. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> so, this is, you know, moms don't have time to move and shake. So, mm-hmm. tell us before we go what you like to do to move and shake. What I like to do to move and shake changes a lot because I've recently sh- kind of realized that a good mentality around moving and shaking is that, like, do I enjoy this? Do I think this is fun? Like, what is my motivation for doing this? And so recently I've kind of changed my motivation to, this is really fun. This is something I enjoy doing. This is like a stress reliever for me. So I've been going and weightlifting a lot more at the gym, which has been really fun for me to get back into. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I know you also love to go dancing and you yes. do yoga and uh-huh. you do all sorts of things. Zumba. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for being with us today. It's so of good to course. hear from you and to kind of hear what it's like to be a 20-year-old nowadays. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enjoy <laughs> your second year of college, baby. I love thank you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. I learned so much from talking to these two young women. I've learned that every generation struggles and every generation can use some support. I'd love for us to really learn as women how to support each other. I'm going to really try and seek out opportunities to do that in my own life. I'm Kristen Eshelman. You can find me on penpalsstorycenter.com. That's P-E-N-P-A-L-S-S-T-O-R-Y-C-E-N-T-E-R.com or on Instagram at penpalsstorycenter. You can also find some of the articles I've written on momsdonthavetimeto.net. I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to send me a direct message, you can do that through my Instagram page at Pen Pals Story Center. 
Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. Get moving.